0: as the Scripture reads in Psalm 119 and verse 116. Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Now, let's hear from God's Word. Thank you, Brother Joe. Uh, Grab your Bible if you're at home. Hope you've got one there with you. If not, I'll read it to you. Uh, But uh, it is good. It's a good practice. to always have your Bible on hand when you listen to preaching. So that you can read along, um, it's just good, amen. It's good to open your Bible and to uh, turn to the, the words and read along. So go with me here to Proverbs chapter number fifteen this morning. Uh, funnily enough, I have been a little. It's been a little bit of a tumultuous morning in regards to uh, the sermon and seeking the Lord's will. I had a a thought of uh, what would what I would be dealing with this morning. I actually. Originally, when Brother Gentry was coming and everything, I was supposed to teach the young adult Sunday school class this morning, so I've been preparing that and then preparing to preach. When I found out yesterday Brother Gentry wasn't going to be here, I'd already had a thought and I thought, I I can't preach next Sunday's message because we're doing that you know, vision Sunday, so I didn't want to move that up, so I had a different thought and I've been looking at that. And Early this morning, the Lord changed my heart and I started looking at a different message. I was like, well, maybe I should deal with this. And then all the ice started coming, and then I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't deal with this, you know, just on the live stream, and then I come to a third message. So here we are, and I feel like we're in we're a good place where the Lord wants us to be. What this is, is there are actually a few verses in the book of Proverbs uh, that kind of say, that, that all build on the same thought. And uh, we've been looking at honor in our Facebook uh, devotionals. The last few devotionals we've done have been on honor and there's a verse uh, in Proverbs chapter 15. We'll read that. and then we'll read a couple other verses in Proverbs. And they all circle around the same thought. And uh, y'all know me. And generally speaking, with one exception, I try to keep the devotionals around the 10 minute mark. There was one where I said, we're not going to do that because I knew it was too much for 10 minutes. But this one, really, I was like, it's going to be impossible. I'm going to have to just split it up or something. Well, the Lord brought it to my mind this morning in my heart. And so we're just going to, I'm going to preach it to you, give it to you as a. So, we're not restrained to 10 minutes, but I do think it'll be a shorter message if the Lord will help me. Uh, and um, Proverbs chapter 15, verse number 33. We're we'll going to read one verse there, then we'll turn over to a couple other places and read a couple other verses that all surround this same thought. We've been talking about honor. Like I said, we looked at honor is bestowed and, and all of those things. And, and uh, the, this thought I had is what comes before honor. In Proverbs chapter 15 and verse number 33, it's the last verse in the chapter, the Bible says, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Proverbs chapter 18, just a couple pages over if you want to turn over there, Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number 12 says this, Proverbs eighteen twelve, before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. And before honor is humility. You'll see that that exact same statement. Before honor is humility there in that verse. And then one last verse we'll look at here. Uh, and what we will reference some others, but for our text this morning. Proverbs chapter 29. A few pages over there. Proverbs chapter 29 uh, and verse number 29. Or I'm sorry, 23. Uh, Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 23. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Amen. Let's pray and ask the Lord again to help with this message. If you're at home, let me, let me, let me encourage you, if you're listening on the live stream, uh, bow your head and pray with us and ask the Lord to speak to you through the sermon. I know things are a little different this morning. We've just got a couple people, a handful in here, and many of you are at home, and, and hopefully you're watching on the computer screen or your phone screen or whatever it may be. And I know that's not the same as sitting in the pew. So just let me encourage you. Ask the Lord to speak to you because His Word does not return void. Amen? Ask the Lord to speak to your heart. Father, we uh, thank You, God, for, for, for allowing us, uh, Lord, to stand this morning and to look at Your Word. God, I pray if You would, uh, Lord, that You'd help us to see the truth behind Your Scripture today. Lord, that we would not let it fall on deaf ears. That we would not let a hardened heart push it away. But rather, God, that we would hear Exactly what it is that Your Word wants to say to our hearts, Lord, to our minds. Speak to our lives today through this Scripture. I pray, Lord, whether uh, we're here this morning in the building or at home, wherever we may be, if we're listening on the live stream or or in the flesh this morning, I pray that it would speak to our hearts equally. God, that the Holy Spirit, Lord, would, would go beyond where we are and speak to our hearts and speak to our minds. And Lord, speak to us through Your powerful and perfect Word. God, we need You today. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to grow together in Your Word. We love you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Proverbs fifteen thirty three: The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Now we have looked um, for those of you, and hopefully most of you have had a chance to uh, to tune into at least some of those Facebook devotionals. We've looked at that word honor and what it means, and, and that word honor it refers to a weight, something that is Heavy that has some substance, right? Uh, but in this sense, in the figurative sense, it is used in a good sense. It is, it is good. Honor is good, right? And it is always a positive thing in your Bible uh, when this word is used in a figurative sense. It is referring to that good honor. It is a heavy. It means heavy of weight, wealth, or importance. It is a. It's kind of like the word. It, at times, it's even translated this same. Hebrew word is sometimes translated as the word glory. And what that is, is it is something that is given from one or many to someone else, right? Honor is bestowed. In in some of those previous um, devotionals, we looked at how that men bestow honor on other men. God bestows honor on men, and we bestow honor on God. We give God honor because He is important, right? And He is deserving. Uh, A word that goes hand in hand with honor is respect, right? Someone who is honorable is worthy of respect. They're deserving of our respect. They're deserving of our honor. There are days of the year where as as a country, we give honor where honor is due. We give honor on Veterans Day, amen. We give honor to those who have given their lives for our country. We give honor to fathers on Father's Day, mothers on Mother's Day, and And we have days that are set aside to give honor to people who who fit these these pictures or these images of these these things that are honorable, right? It is honorable to do those things, to be those things. In the Word of God, though, we are given some things that are honorable and they are deserving of honor and some things that are not. Uh, I believe one of the, not the last one, but maybe the one before that we did in the devotionals, we looked at giving honor to a fool. The Bible says it's like putting a rock in a sling, giving honor to a fool, that, you know, even, say, well, you know every, even a dead clock, even a clock that's wrong is, is right twice a day, right? And we say, well, you give it honor where it's due. Yeah, but the Bible says that's actually very dangerous because when you honor and you give respect to someone who is a fool, you're, you're setting them up for destruction and you're setting others up for destruction. So honor is important. It's heavy. It's weighty. It, it's worth something, right? That's why we give honor to God. And that is why God gives honor to some people. We're looking at what comes before honor. And when I say that, what I mean is I'm talking about we're considering not so much of, well, you know, will we give honor in this situation or we give honor in that situation, but rather what is sort of like the prerequisite, if you will. What is the prerequisite for honor according to the Word of God? Well, We read it two times in Proverbs chapter 15 and Proverbs chapter 18, two times it made this statement, before honor is humility. Now, to honor someone uh, from our sort of mindset is to lift them up. But that's not really what the word honor means. I told you what the word honor means. It's a weight, right? To give honor to something is to give honor of, of a weight, a heavy weight of respect. It means it's something that is valuable, that is substantial. That word honor is something that is substantial. When you give someone something heavy... Does it lift them up or weigh them down? It weighs them down. That's an important distinction to make because we have to understand something. The wisdom of God and the wisdom of men are totally different. From God's perspective, honor is given to those who are beforehand humble. Right? Now we know what that word humility means. It is a condescension to... To humble oneself is to condescend yourself. It is to bring yourself down. That's humble yourself. Someone who has humility is someone who is gentle, who is meek, right? We've talked before how that Jesus really brought meaning to the word meekness, like no one ever had before, and that's who he was. He was a hum- He was a humble person, a man of humility, a man of meekness. and, and the Bible says, before honor. Is humility so? Before a person should ever be given honor, they must be humble. Now, when we think about honor, we think about you know someone given an award, someone given some great honor of recognition. We'd say, "Well, what an honor that is!" Like, for example, say the Hall of Fame, the NFL Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. You go there and you walk through, and you'll see all these 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 images showing all these men who who have. You know, done great things in the NFL, and, and it is given to them to honor them and from the world's purview, from man's purview, for some, uh, something they've accomplished. That is not the honor of God. The honor of God is not given for accomplishments, the honor of God is given for a certain attitude. Number one, three points, no subpoints. Number one, the attitude of honor. The attitude of honor is humility. A person who is honorable in the eyes of God is someone who is humble in the eyes of God. That's a very distinctive trait, wouldn't you say? In fact, I would say it's a rare trait. Now, hopefully it's not so rare in the house of God amongst Christians, but in the world, humility is rare. It is. The world is all about who's on top and who's the best and who's the greatest. But in God's purview, the least shall be the greatest. Because only those who are humble are worthy of honor. Romans chapter 12, verse 3, Paul said this, I say through the grace given in me to every man that's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. So Paul said this, don't think more of yourself than you ought to think. And Paul says a lot of things about what we ought to think. When he said, "O oh, wretched man that I am. When he said, there's none that doeth good, no, not one. There's none righteous, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So no man ought to think himself higher than he ought to think, and that is you're low. And if we're all thinking of ourselves soberly as we really are and we see ourselves for who we really are, then we will see ourselves as low. Romans chapter 12 verse 10, later in the same verse or in the same chapter as we said, be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love. And he said this, "In honor preferring one another." So an honorable person lowers themselves and lifts others up. An honorable person has a spirit of humility toward themselves, and they have a spirit of preferring other people. That's the attitude of honor. When God looks at someone and He wants to see, is this person deserving of my honor? And by the way, when God bestows honor on someone, God bestows His favor on them. You want the honor of God in your life. You want God to honor you. You want God to to look at you and to be pleased, right? That's what it means to have honor bestowed on you by God. We've looked at that in one of those previous devotionals. This honor, this attitude of honor, it is an attitude of humility that we purposefully lower the opinion of ourselves and hold up the opinion of others. Paul talked about it in Philippians, how that we ought to rejoice when other people are blessed. Here's a test of your humility and your honor and preferring others when someone else gets a blessing are you happy for them or are you envious of them envy never prefers others envy always prefers yourself amen and by the way i'm not blasting you that's 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 tough we're all human it's one thing to say in your mind man how come this person who don't even go to church is wicked as the devil i mean david said it all the time go read the psalms he's like how come all my enemies are winning why, why, Lord? It's, it's one thing to have that thought. But then it's another thing to then look at that thought and say, Lord, that ain't right. Lord, I know I don't deserve anything. Thank you for the goodness in my life. I pray that you, you help me to be humble and, and, and bless them. Amen. Especially when it's a brother. Especially when it's another Christian. Someone come might come to me, well, I don't understand why that person gets to do this and this and this, and I've not got to do that. Well, you, Be careful. Because my honor doesn't mean nearly as much as the honor of God. And God's honor is only bestowed to those who prefer others over themselves. Someone who is always about their own glory and their own promotion and their own go uh, you know, up, 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 trajectory is someone who God does not honor. We want the honor of God. The attitude of honor is an attitude of humility. What is adverse to honor? We read that there in, verse, uh, in chapter 18, verse number 12 of Proverbs, Proverbs 18, 12. Before destruction in the heart of man is... Haughty. That word haughty is the opposite of humility. Uh, This is an antithetical proverb. You've got a, a negative and then a positive, right? Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, and before honor is humility. So, you've got destruction. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. So what that means is this. If a man's heart is haughty, he's headed for destruction. If the heart of a man is humble, he's headed for honor. Does that make sense? So you've got the, the adverse. What is adverse to honor? What's adverse to honor? Haughtiness. And we've, we've we've talked about that. We've hit on that. But let's look at it a little more, what the Bible says about it. Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 12 says this, When pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. Now that's an interesting thing to say, isn't it? It's interesting to see here, and we'll see it over and over again. Let me just reference it, and then we'll read a couple more verses Here's what it says. When pride cometh, and pride, we know what that word haughty means, don't we? Haughty is the the actual primitive root of that Hebrew word very simply means to soar, to be lofty. A haughty spirit is someone in their heart that says, I'm better, I'm stronger, I'm smarter, I'm above. I'm lofty, right? It's someone who looks down on others. Amen? That's what it means to have a haughty spirit. So, Proverbs 11.2, When pride cometh, then cometh shame. When pride cometh, that is the lifting up of your heart. That's the haughty spirit. Here's what it says. After pride, you're headed towards shame. From who? From God. God will shame the prideful. So someone who lifts themselves up will be brought down, crashing down by God before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. So someone who is lifted up in their own heart, God will bring them down. But then the rest of the verse says this: "But with the lowly is wisdom." Here's what that means: those who are lowly. Where does wisdom come from? Anybody know? Okay, that's that's we'll say that's prerequisite for for, for wisdom. But who? Where does wisdom come from? What's the source of wisdom? God is. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask the Lord who gives it liberally. Wisdom comes from God. So before with well, the haughty is destruction. So the one whose pride. When pride comes, then cometh shame, which means someone who holds themselves up, God is going to bring them down. But someone who is lowly, who is humble, how are we lowly and humble? we just naturally that way? No, we lower ourselves. The prideful lift themselves up. The lowly lower themselves. So someone who lifts themselves up, God is going to bring you down. Someone who lowers themselves, God is going to give you wisdom and lift you back up. You see the difference? Now, I can't hold myself up. And I really can't hold myself down. I really don't have that much strength in me to do much of anything that I need to do. Like Paul said, that I would not, that I do. That I would, that I do not. That's me. Is that y'all? I mean, it's a constant battle. And here I am, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, before, or excuse me, pride goeth before destruction. That's the same thing as Proverbs 18, 12. Pride goeth before destruction and in haughty spirit before a fall. It's just reaffirming what we've already read, what we already know. Pride, having a lofty spirit, one that puts yourself above others, that puts yourself before others, instead of like Paul said, in honor of preferring one another, you are on a one-way track to destruction, one-way track to shame, and a one-way track to a fall. First Timothy chapter 3. First Timothy chapter 3, verse number one. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Now we know that word bishop is often interchanged with the word pastor. And that is essentially what it means. It's it's what we use to refer to a man who God has placed over a congregation of people. But you could further interpret that word to refer to anyone who is in a position of leadership inside the church in terms of leading and shepherding God's people. The pastor, obviously, is the first one who is responsible for these verses. That's clear in the fact that Paul's writing to Timothy and trying to teach him how to be a pastor to those people. And that's clear. But we can also take these words and say that they are a precedent for others who are in positions of leadership, whether it be from something like a youth pastor all the way down to a Sunday school teacher or, or, you know, maybe. But, you know, the fact is, is if you're over people in the work of God, then these are things you should take to heart, right? Here's what Paul said. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Verse 6, It's where I want to look really specifically here. Verse 6 and 7, not a novice. Now that word novice, it means you're new at something, right? You don't know what you're doing. You have no teaching. You have no understanding. You have no learning. You're, you're just green behind the gills with no idea what's going on and just playing it by the seat of your pants. That's a novice. Lest, being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. These verses, like I said, refer to the office of a bishop. We can apply them to the pastor, obviously. We can also apply them to anyone who's in a a position of leadership in the church. But here's what it said. The the warning I want you to see is, is a danger because here's the truth. Anytime someone is placed into a position of leadership, what the world would say, a position of power. okay, Or let's say a position of authority. People like to throw the word pastoral authority around. The truth is all authority belongs to God. And the authority of the pastor only is the authority of the God Gumming down through the pastor, and it's not equal. God's authority is far beyond the authority of the pastor, which is why the pastor's authority should never oversee the Word of God, right? But, we do understand, God puts people in positions of authority. That's what that whole passage is about. He puts them in positions of leadership and power and leading His people. And here's what He said. If someone's going to step into that, He said they shouldn't be a novice. Why should they not be a novice? Because there is a greater risk of a novice being overtaken With pride, we said. Now, is that danger exclusive to the novice? No, it is not. That's why he don't just stop and say, not a novice. He says that's a part of it, but then he goes on to talk about falling into the snare of the devil. A person who is set into a position of leadership is in danger of beginning to believe the lie that they are lofty. How many men in positions of leadership throughout the history of mankind all the way back to the church, even before the church, have fallen into great sinful acts? I mean of wickedness and corruption like the Catholic Church in the Dark Ages where they were literally only having... The Bible was only available in Latin so the the common man could not read it and they would lie and, and change what the Bible said to manipulate people, make them give money to the church and control them and the church had more power than the government because men in positions of power get lofty and prideful in their heart. Now, we know that led to their destruction, because that's what happens. What about in government? Amen. How how often do you read about a scandal? Why? Because when someone is in a position of authority, they become more susceptible to the destruction of their pride. And the pride is often talked about throughout the Bible. God can't see, right? No one will know. No one would question me. I can do what I want. Even David, whom the Bible teaches was a man after God's own heart, arguably the, I mean the greatest king Israel's ever had until the Lord Jesus sits on his throne on this earth, and what happened to him? He fell because of pride. He fell because he looked on a woman and thought, I want her. I'm the king. I should have what I want. And that pride took him all the way to the point that he not only committed uh, adultery with this woman, but then had her husband killed to hide his own sin. What happened? All of his children at that time died or were shamed. Tamar raped by her own brother and left in shame because pride, shame follows after. You know what the Bible said? You know who wrote that? Solomon, the son of David. Think you'd heard that story? What about pride going before destruction? Think you heard the story about Amnon and how that his brother Absalom slew him because of the defiling of his sister? You think you'd heard about Absalom and how his hair got him caught in that tree and Joab came along and killed him? And that David's newborn child, born right there from the adultery with his own mother, died even though David fasted and prayed all through the night why? Because pride leads to destruction. When a man or a woman is in a position that they begin to think, I'm actually pretty good. Here's a danger. As a young man, uh, I always sang. I'll just give you an example. Always sang in church from the time I was very little. I sang all the time. And then when I was about 14, I started playing the piano. I wanted to take lessons. My parents couldn't really afford it. time. dad said, I taught myself, teach yourself. So I sat down and he showed me like C, G, and F and said, knock yourself out. And I just started learning, and the Lord helped me. And, and I was able to learn very well. And I would go to youth camps and different things, and I would play the piano, people would say, oh my goodness, you are, you're incredible at playing the piano. I'm just saying people would tell me. You know what that does in the heart of a 15-year-old? It makes them start believing it. And I remember the Lord dealing with my heart and saying, you better be careful. And, and what would happen is, is any time I would start to think I'm really good, I'd go somewhere and hear somebody play that was a lot better than me. And i think... I'm really not that good. And thankfully, the Lord helped me. The Lord helped me a lot to the point that through the years when I would work in youth ministry and we'd have a young man or a young woman who'd start to show a lot of talent in this field or that field, I'd say, be careful. Because you need to understand something. Everything we do is for God. And the only thing that we can do is what God allows us to do. And what God has given you is He has given you a gift. It's a talent. It's an aptitude that God has put in you. And when you stop using it for God, you're headed for destruction. And when it's about you, and I said, here's a problem. If every time you hit a lick on the guitar or on the piano, you look up see if anybody noticed. That's a problem. I would give piano lessons. I'd tell them, this is for the glory of God. That's a lesson you have to learn. Because when we become lifted up in our own spirit, we're headed for destruction. That is the that is adverse to honor. Literally, our our pride will get in the way of God honoring us. Our pride will get in the way of God blessing us and giving us His favor, right? What's the Bible say? God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. I want God's grace, not His resistance. we got to understand what comes before honor is humility. If pride comes before, it does not lead to honor. It leads to shame and destruction and a fall. That's what the Bible says. Someone who's in power and they begin to... Let me mention this and I'll move on to the last thought and we'll be done. Pride leads. You say, well, I'm not prideful. It's that that guy that's over me, not my boss at work or the preacher or whoever. They're the ones that's full of pride. It's not me. Well, that sounds awful a lot like pride. Because here's what pride does. It leads you to a place where you despise correction. We we looked at that in previous lessons. I think it was last time we looked at that verse about how that the, the prideful, the, the wicked, they, they despise instruction. But someone who is honorable, they have the fear of the Lord, they have wisdom, and they have humility. It's not easy to receive correction. Let me tell you a, a skill that you need to develop that will, that will cause you to be blessed by God and to be a blessing to your church and a blessing to your job, taking correction well. Can I just tell you, in the time that I've been here at this church as the pastor since uh, September 2020, I have been corrected. Now, I've never had somebody pull me aside and cuss me out or anything like that. I don't know how, don't know how I'd take that. But I, I've, I've received some, some instruction from someone, and whether they meant it to be that way or not, it felt like correction. And I've had to ask the Lord to help me to receive that. Because no man under Christ... Is above correction. Paul was corrected. Peter, Paul corrected Peter to his face. Uh, Peter, you don't know who he was? Walked with the Lord in the flesh, you know? Yeah. No one below Jesus is above correction. Someone who cannot receive correction from those who are placed in a position of leadership over them is someone who is lifted up in pride. Someone who will not receive instruction from someone who maybe they do not perceive over them. For example, there's some men, pastors, that wouldn't receive instruction or correction from anybody inside their church. Because they'd say, bless God, I'm the pastor. Right? Can I tell you that that spirit is haughty and it's prideful. Now, it's easy to fall into that. It's easy to fall victim to that. And I'm not trying to Tear down anybody who does. But we got to guard our hearts. we got to be careful. Why? Because we need the honor of God. No, No one in this church is above correction, including me. Amen. It's how we react to that correction that determines where we stand in regards to honor. Let me move quickly here. If you have a disdain for correction and zero respect for the people who are in authority, for example, as the pastor of this church, the Lord has put me in this place. I believe that. And and the church, I believe, believes that. And if the Lord sends me with a message and it corrects you, you need to take that up with God. Don't react with a hurt from that. Don't react with anger from that because it's pride that does that. Pride brings shame and anger and all those things. We've got to be willing to to accept those things and receive them. Right? We've We've got to be able to do that because when someone, for example, someone... You know, I, I've talked. You know, since I've become a pastor, especially, I've had many conversations with other pastors and different things, and talking about well, this situation here, this situation there, and you see crazy stuff going on. People inside the church sneaking around and doing things that they don't want the preacher, or the deacons, or whoever to know about it because they know they don't agree with it, but they think they're wrong, so they're going to do what they want. Some, someone, I, I had a guy I was talking to not too long ago had a young man who was. The youth leader of his church, and they would, you know, they were having uh, like they they would have like the youth service in the basement or whatever, and they were down there and they were doing Christian rock and Christian rap and all that stuff. No one, the preacher was against, them. and they said, just don't tell the pastor. Can I tell you that that's wicked? Amen. God, God, God doesn't support that. God doesn't support anyone who would try to go around the positions that God has placed people in, positions of authority. Right? So We've got to understand pride is only ever going to end in destruction. Amen. We've got to guard our hearts. We've got to be careful. That's the adverse. What's adverse to honor? And finally, the assistance of honor. Proverbs 29, 23. We read it. We'll be done here. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. This just reaffirms that thought I told you at the beginning. And the word I want you to focus on here is that word uphold. That word uphold, it means to keep fast. It means to remain. For a person to be deserving of honor, they must be what? Humble. Right? That's what comes before honor. Pride will destroy and tear down and even strip honor from someone who's received it. That's what pride does. Pride destroys. Pride tears down. Pride shames. Pride leads to a fall. Whereas humility will result in the honor of God. But if someone is honorable in their humility. And here's what this verse says. Honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. To uphold does not mean to lift up. It means to keep them up. What is it that keeps the humble up? Honor. Where does honor come from? Well, it comes from men. Men do give honor. But this is the honor of God. The honor of God is simple. I told you. If you are prideful, you are always trying to get your way and going around the way of those God has put in position of leadership over you. You're always angry at anybody who would correct you and you just got a a prideful spirit that prefers you and your way above the ways of anybody else. Then you are lifting yourself up and God is going to bring you down. But if you are humble, And even when your heart tries to lift up, you say, Lord, help me to be humble. And you you lower yourself and you you maintain that, that humble spirit to the best that you can. God will begin to honor you. Because here's the truth. No man can maintain his own humility because we're just men. We're just women. We fail. We make mistakes. And we slip. So what will uphold our humility? The honor of God. If we will humble ourselves, God will hold us up in honor. How do we keep from allowing the corruption of the world to destroy the things that God gives us in our home, and to our husband and a wife? How do they help? How do they maintain a good marriage through humility and loving one another, preferring one another? Man loving the wife as Christ loved the church; the wife uh, submitting to her own husband as the, the church is submitted to Christ. Right? We do that how? Only by God's help. Well, I'm not humble enough. We'll pray and ask the Lord to help you. And when you do, you know what He'll do? He'll make you more humble. He will uphold your humility with His honor. He will see a humble spirit. He will begin to bless you. He will begin to honor you. And He will help you to grow in humility. You know what I find? Men and women in ministry and men and women who serve the Lord, love the Lord, who have served the Lord and loved the Lord for a long time, who have tried to maintain a humble spirit, The older they get, the more humble they become. Brother Noah Broughton preached at our men's conference back in the fall. And just the spirit of that man was overwhelming. To serve God for 50 years and now his wife at home with dementia and him saying, I trusted him when I started out, I'll trust him now. And I see the humility and I think, God, let me be like that. Then I see that man who gets up and barks at everybody that moves and bless God and all that stuff. And I think, Lord, I don't want to be like that. But I also don't want to be like that one who is subtle in their humility. Like Satan. Satan is not the loud barking. Satan is the quiet in the background. Okay. And in their mind they think, I'm going to do what I want because they hold themselves in a higher regard than anyone else. What we need to do is we need to ask the Lord to humble our hearts. We need to submit to God. Amen? Submit to the will of, of God and, and the people He's put in our lives for us to submit to, our husbands, our wives, our parents, those, those ones that God places in those positions that we're supposed to love and serve with and, and, and submit and be, be humble and prefer one another. And Then God will honor us. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you again for listening to the Calvary Road Baptist Church podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, you can find the link to our website in the show notes to www.calvaryroadbaptistchurch.com. We're so thankful that you've taken the time to listen to today's sermon. and We hope that the Lord will use it to edify you in the faith. If you'd like to help spread the word about this podcast, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts or by telling a friend. Thank you again, and have a blessed day in the Lord.